Welcome to Madison Avenue Presbyterian Church. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you to serve God and your neighbor. If you want to learn more about our ministry, head over to mapc.com. If you're looking for a community where you can deepen your faith, we invite you to join us every Sunday at 1030 online or in person. I first read about the Svalbard Global Seed Vault a few years ago and was fascinated by it. It seems like something out of a science fiction novel. As the website describes it, it is deep in a mountain on a remote island in the Svalbard archipelago, halfway between mainland Norway and the North Pole. It is built to withstand human-made and natural disasters, and its purpose is to hold seed samples from all over the globe to preserve the diversity of the world's crops. Here's a quote directly from the website. Permafrost and thick rock ensure that the seed samples will remain frozen even without power. The vault is the ultimate insurance policy for the world's food supply, offering options for future generations to overcome the challenges of climate change and population growth. It will secure millions of seeds, representing every important crop variety available in the world today. It is the final backup. The final backup. That short sentence evokes both dread and hope. Dread that we are changing the earth so much that one day we will need a final backup. And hope that people have had the forethought to do what they can to ensure that we will have these seeds when we need them. When I began reflecting on today's passage from Isaiah in preparation for this sermon, the global seed vault that I had not thought of in years came to mind when I read the last verse of this chapter. The holy seed is its stump. Isaiah is foretelling complete and utter destruction for the people of Judah. Yet at the very end, there is a shred of hope, a final backup. Even though all that remains is a stump, that stump is the holy seed. That stump offers hope and the chance for new growth, the chance for renewal. Just like those seeds in the seed vault provide hope that future populations will be able to produce crops. It's just a stump, but that lowly stump contains the holy seed that God will use to renew and rebuild God's people. There are a lot of bleak passages in scripture, but these last verses of this chapter of Isaiah have got to be right up there, or perhaps down there with the bleakest of them. We don't usually read them. When this passage rolls around in the lectionary cycle of Sunday readings, 
It lists Isaiah 6, 1 through 8, as the primary passage, with 9 to 13 in parentheses, meaning you have the blessing of the lectionary committee to leave these verses out if they are just too much. And it is really tempting to stop at verse 8. Verses 1 through 8 are an awe-inspiring story of Isaiah's call, a vision that is so fearsome and awesome it is almost beyond description. Isaiah is in the temple and has a vision of God. No one sees God and lives. The vision explodes beyond the bounds of the temple. The Lord is sitting on a high and lofty throne. The hem of his robe fills the temple. Seraphs, fearsome beings that look nothing like our tame image of heavenly messengers, surround him. They call to each other in voices that I am sure would shake our very beings and cause us to fall to our knees. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The temple shakes at the sound and fills with smoke. Isaiah cries out, Woe is me, I am lost. I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among an unclean people. Yet my eyes have seen the Lord of hosts. Not even Moses himself got to see the Lord face to face. Remember, God hid Moses in a cleft of the mountain and covered it with his hand as he passed by, only letting Moses see his backside. No one sees the face of God and lives. Yet Isaiah does. A seraph quickly addresses the problem of Isaiah's unworthiness, his unclean lips, by bringing a live coal and touching it to his lips. Isaiah does not tell us of the scream that must have come out of his mouth, but that coal burns the guilt and the sin right out of him. God is looking for a messenger. Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? The forgiven and cleansed Isaiah responds, Here am I, send me. And cut. End of scene. At least that's usually where we stop. And then we preach about what it means to be sent, to answer God's call and make oneself available for whatever God requires. But to really understand what is happening here, both to Isaiah and to God's people, we need to read the rest of the chapter. Isaiah is not being called for an easy task, or even one that might be challenging but rewarding, one that will make him feel like he's accomplished something, he's done good work. No. He is called to bring a very harsh, bleak message to his people. God tells Isaiah, go and say to this people, keep listening, but do not comprehend. Keep looking, but do not understand. Make their minds dull, stop their ears and shut their eyes so that they may not see or listen or comprehend 
so that they will not turn and be healed. It seems as though the people have failed so miserably, strayed so far from God's ways that there is no turning back. They are beyond reach, and God doesn't even want the prophet to try. Isaiah clearly is not easy with this message. How long, O Lord, he asks. And God responds until the cities lie waste, the houses are empty, and the land lies desolate. Until the Lord sends everyone away, and vast is the emptiness of the land. Even if a remnant is left, it will be burned, like a tree whose stump is all that remains. It doesn't get more bleak or desolate than that. The exile hasn't happened yet, but the death of King Uzziah marks the end of an era. Assyria has become dominant. Judah will be devastated. And this prophecy looks down the road to the exile to Babylon. But then you get to this last verse of the chapter, which is almost shocking with its note of hope after such a bleak passage. The holy seed is its stump. When everything seems lost and all that's left is a stump, that stump is the source of hope. New life can sprout from that holy seed. I am sure that we have all seen this, how a stump can put forth shoots and plants can grow out of its cracks. It may not seem like much. Things may be forever changed. Here, God's people will have suffered tremendous loss and hardship but there is still life in that stump, that holy seed of regeneration and renewal. God does not completely wipe out his chosen people. God does not completely abandon them and leave them desolate. God leaves a holy seed, like those seeds stored in the frozen mountain of Svalbard. Something is left to sprout and grow. This tiny little verse where God assures Isaiah that the holy seed is the stump is what I need to be reminded of these days. Though alarming numbers of people continue to die of COVID every day, tragically, and at least in this country, mostly needlessly, maybe we are on the other side of this pandemic with Omicron subsiding, or on our way to the other side. That gives me a ray of hope. But it's harder for me to hold on to hope with the rest of the issues our nation and world are facing. When our leaders can't even agree that it's critical to protect and ensure voting rights. When so many of our fellow citizens refuse to accept facts history, science, and truth. When we are already experiencing the devastating effects of rising global temperatures, with white supremacy and Christian nationalism on the rise, with brazen anti-Semitic rallies 
and acts of vandalism taking place in various parts of our country. The escalation of gun violence, not just in our city, but around the nation. With the threat of war in Ukraine that will involve so much of Europe and beyond. With the ever-widening gulf between those with extreme wealth and all the rest of us. I need to know that God has planted seeds that are beyond our capacity to destroy. I need to know that if all that remains is a stump, there is yet the promise of life and renewal in that stump. Where do we find the stumps that are these holy seeds? In people who don't give up fighting for one thing, doctors and nurses who continue to care for and fight to save patients when they are utterly exhausted and their hospitals are overflowing. In young people standing up and speaking out at school board meetings against the banning of books. In those who continue to fight against voter suppression. In churches that take in refugees and support them as they build a new life. These holy seeds can be found wherever anyone is working to protect human rights, dismantle racism, replant forests, create sources of income for those in extreme poverty, feed those who are hungry, or simply show kindness to strangers and to those among us who are hurting in a world where we seem to be more and more at odds with each other. In this Black History Month, when state legislatures and school boards in so many areas are working to keep black history and our country's history of racism and slavery from being taught, I find seeds of hope in all those who are speaking out against this, in the volumes of works being published for all ages to help us see, understand, and learn from our history. The fact that we have had nine or ten church members consistently engaged in a weekly anti-racism reading and discussion group for almost two years gives me hope. Our racial justice task force is finally getting off the ground. That's a seed of hope. Our new and prospective members, people who have joined the church and are interested in joining, even as we are still working our way through a pandemic and a time of pastoral transition at the same time, those are seeds of hope. Our revitalized youth and young adult and children's programs are seeds of hope. The fact that God calls someone who feels as unworthy as Isaiah, and that Jesus calls everyday fishermen who have done nothing special to distinguish themselves as worthy of being called. The fact that these everyday people left everything and followed him, those are seeds of hope. The people God calls throughout scripture are rarely, if ever, those of high status. They are more like seeds and stumps than grand and glorious trees. The fact that God works through them and that God works through us 
with all our weaknesses and failings and unworthiness, that gives me hope and should give all of us hope. This passage begins with a vision of God's holiness more grand and glorious than anything we can imagine. And it ends with that holiness being contained in a stump. When all we have is a stump, when it's hard to hold on to hope, God gives us this promise that within that stump is all that is needed for life. It is a holy stump, meaning that God is at work in it. For years now, when we celebrate communion, we hear the words, these are holy things to make us holy. The presence of Christ at this table, in these elements, and within us, is a holy seed. It may be hard to hold on to that hope, but even when it feels like all that's left is a stump, or that we have been so worn down that it's hard to imagine how we come back to life, that holy seed is there. And because it is holy, it is of God. And nothing that we can do or suffer, no atrocities we can commit, can overcome God's power and holiness, even when it's contained in a stump. Thanks be to God. Amen.